Is investment something that's always been on your mind, but you don't quite know how to get started on that journey? We are here to set you on the right course. Welcome to My Cashflow Academy's Investor's Corner with your host, Athena Paquette Cornier. We are all about getting out of the rat race through creating positive passive income through real estate investing. Here you'll hear from regular people just like you and the professionals who support us towards greater wealth. Learn before you earn, move from analysis to action, and find the right path to attaining the success that you've always dreamed of for yourself. Now, here's your host, Athena. Welcome to Investor's Corner. My name's Athena Paquette Cormier, and I am your host of this show. And Investor's Corner, just so you know, is a, a show where we either talk to people and find out their story, people who have gotten out of the rat race through passive investing, and the companies that help us get us there. So uh, today, we have a company who's going to help us get us there, and that is um, Why Verify. And I have two super people. I actually met Angie at the booth at Freedom Fest. So shout out to Freedom Fest because they bring in high quality investment opportunities and companies that really care about helping people grow their wealth. So I thought it would be super cool to have Angie on and then bonus, I got Lane. So <laughs> so welcome guys. And I'm excited to talk about your, not only your product, but solving what we see as a growing massive problem with, uh, with student loan debt and, and, you know, people, people, I think, don't really know what they're getting into, don't know how to project um, what what the consequences are of that of that debt, how much money they're going to make out of college, what even the payments will be. I think there's a lot of confusion around that. So that being said, once you have the debt and you don't know how to manage it, it can go south pretty quick. And being a mortgage advisor, mortgage broker, I can tell you, and a you know, former financial advisor, wh what I see is like one late payment on something like government related or uh, something that's um, a big payment that can take like 100 points off your credit score within a couple of months, right? If you're a couple of times late, that just tanks your credit score because at that age also, you don't have a lot of credit depth. So you don't have like you know, six or seven things you've been on time with for 10 years to offset this boo-boo mistake, right? So um, I'm excited to hear about how why refi is a solution to that and um, how also how our accredited investors can maybe um, help help with that, that mission that you have. So I don't know who wants to start first. Angie, uh, Angie, you're uh, vice president of the uh, business development side, right? So uh, that's cool. So you know a lot about the product and and how it helps us as investors. But then Lane, this is your your baby, right? You're one of the founders, and I think I read that you have a long history in the kind of student loan arena. Uh, uh, yeah. so maybe you want to start. Tell us a little about about why refi. Sure, sure. So why refi? As you said, we're in the business of refinancing distressed private student loans. We don't do any federal student loans, and we'll we'll talk about the difference between the two here in a moment. But uh, you know, I, I actually spent a career as a financial advisor, twenty five year career. Uh, my partners Don uh, and Mary Jo, they've both been in the education finance space, student lending space for uh, twenty five and, and thirty five years, respectively. Uh, Don, the CEO of the company, has has really developed something pretty special here. And uh, I retired to to come in and work with the uh, with this team and was, was a founding member of the, of the company. 
Um, this fourth portfolio that we have built that I'll share with you shortly is really a culmination of, uh, you know, my career in financial services. We were able to pull together all of the best attributes of products that you might already be familiar with and create a very unique, very flexible uh, investment product. Uh, so we're going to dive into that as well. Um, but let, let's just, if you don't mind, let's talk a little bit about student loans and, and kind of set kind of the yeah, I'm seeing in the news that I guess people didn't have to pay payments and now they're about to have to pay payments. And <laughs> I hear some young people say, I'm not, I'm not starting payments. I'm not paying extra because they're going to wipe out my debt. So I'm like really curious about what is, what is the truth? Who gets to pay? Who doesn't have to pay? What, what is up with this? Yeah, it's a great question. And, and by the way, I paid my own way through college, so I'm a little peeved if they start wiping out debt for people. But right. that's another story. <laughs> no, no, I, I hear you on that. And, and so, you know, let, let's lay the landscape and, and then I'm going to answer your question because so, so there's two sides to the student loan equation. All right. Big picture, student loan debt, about $1.75 trillion in student loan debt. It's not a small number. It's significant. Of that debt, about 200 billion of that is, is what's called private student loans. Okay, now these are, they're not government backed. They're made by lending institutions, banks, uh, servicers, all kinds of different lenders. Okay, and then you've got the other side, which is the federal loans. And now the federal loans, these are what you hear about through the government. Okay, these are the, the loans where, and, and this is how it all starts, right? A kid comes out of co- uh, high school, goes into college, first stop is the uh, college finance office, and they're they're got to figure out how you're going to pay all this tuition. So the first thing they have you do is fill out the free application for federal student aid. That's step one. That's going to tell the school how much money the government is going to give that borrower, that student borrower, to go to school. It's never enough. Okay? It doesn't matter what the degree is. It's never enough. And the, and the fact is, is the information that's going on to that document is very much driven by parents' income and so forth. So then the next question is, well, do you have any scholarships and grants? And, you know, does your mom and dad going to pay anything? The rest of it, you're going to have to pay. Well, now enter private student loans. Mm. So now the student goes and they're, you know, they're, they're walked over to Wells Fargo or, you know, name the, name the entity, right? There's, there's a bunch of them out there that are willing to make private student loans. This is, these are loans backed by actual investors, Okay, these are people that have invested in the banks and in the lending institutions and so on. Um, and what they're doing is they're giving them a typically a variable interest rate. Okay, it's credit credit score based. Um, and and you know they say hey you're going to go to the school you want to get this degree you're going to need X dollars you're only getting this much from the government this much from scholarships if any grants etc. You're going to need this much in order to get through your entire education. So the student signs up. And they go to their schooling sometimes, you know, what was a four years, now a five-year degree, or you know, what was an eight years, a nine-year degree, it doesn't matter. At the end of that, the student comes out of school, and the federal government has all these different programs where you can defer your payment. You can, I can't even go into all of them, there's so many, you know, income-driven repayment plans and so on. The private lenders, on the other hand, which is where we focus, the private lenders, you know, the kid comes out of school, 30 days out, they get a little coupon book in the mail that says, congratulations, you're done with school. You borrowed $100,000 at, you know, four to 9% variable interest rate. Uh, here's your payment book. You got 30 days, go. 
well, wow. now, now life starts. So there's no, no uh, deferment payment or grace period or whatever you call it. With On the private, private loans, loans, typically there is not. Some banks have some, some uh, latitude in that, but generally speaking, payments are going to start fairly soon out of school. Now, here's where things happen. Okay. Kid mm-hmm. comes out and he gets the job makes a couple of payments and things are going fine. Maybe he makes a lot of payments and he's, and he's good. That's not our client. Right. We're looking at the borrower that comes out of school. Maybe they didn't get the job. Maybe, maybe they made some payments and then something happened. Maybe mm-hmm. it was something significant. Maybe they had to move. I do, maybe they had to start at the bottom of the ladder and actually work their way up. Right? right. Something has happened and they are now in a situation where they're in default. And it starts out where they're in delinquency first. Let's just work our way through it, right? They mm-hmm. go into delinquency. Uh, they're a little bit late, so they get a late charge. Then they have another one, and they get another late charge. Then they have another one and another late charge. Next thing you know, they've slid, in, they've slid down this uh, slope. So is the late, late charge added to that payment? It's not added on to the back end of the loan, right? It's like well, it's all you owe starting 500, to, you owe 525 or whatever. No, no. It's all starting to capitalize, though, because as they oh. slip down further and further, now they're going to hit the default interest rate. Okay. Oh, and, and what? what was it? What was a variable interest rate based on their then good credit uh-huh. and four to 9% or so. And mom and dad probably co-signed or grandma and grandpa co-signed. And now they're, now they're going to hit that default interest rate. Well, by the time you're done adding up the default interest rate, the late fees, the collection charges, the attorney's fees, student loans are bankruptcy protected. All of them, not just federal. Federal and private student loans are bankruptcy protected. So you wind up with attorney's fees because they're going to chase you all the way through garnishment and garnish your wages. Well, the interest wow, so, rate. So yeah. the default rate, how high could that be? Do they double it? Do they, how, how, what, uh, it, what it delta goes, or differential is there between what they were getting and the new bad it's rate? Significant. They, they, we, we typically will see a default interest rate coupled with all those fees and a borrower is north of 20%. Mm-hmm. Um, and in a lot of cases, they're hitting maximum usury in whatever state they're in. Now their credit is getting decimated. Okay, and yeah. that's what you've seen as a as a mortgage lender. These borrowers never got their financial footing, so they're not they don't own homes, they don't have right. big credit card debt, they don't own cars, and if they do, they're small loans. Uh-huh. They just they haven't really had that opportunity to amass any real debt. It's all well, this is going to make debt. it impossible to get back on track if your credit score keeps dropping. Right? Who's giving someone with a four ninety credit score a, a brand new hundred thousand dollar loan. Right. Or a car or a credit card. Or any, yeah. And wow. and you and I know FICO affects everything. everything. It's not just your credit. That your car you know, insurance getting hired even. I mean, Bingo. Yeah. car insurance, all of it. Okay. Oh, wow. So now we've got the situation where the borrower is in a, in a real pickle and they've got no way out. They're getting collection calls. Their loan has been sold off from the bank because the bank is not allowed to hold these loans that are in default very long. FDIC, okay. they got to push them off. So they sell them to collection agencies and law firms. And now they're just getting completely just destroyed. Yeah. Now, now well, also as the borrower, you don't know who's who and what's what anymore because so many people are calling. I would imagine on this one debt that you don't kind of know who to talk to. Correct. Or maybe you talk to one person and now it's been transferred again. You feel like you're telling your story all over. Like it's got to be a nightmare for these people to. Oh, it, it's totally a nightmare. And yeah. what's interesting is, and, and I'm going to be throwing out a lot of statistics on our portfolio while we're talking. And, and what you're going to hear is, you know, 70% of our portfolio has co-borrowers. 
mom, dad, grandma, grandpa. And that's pretty standard in the industry across the board because mm-hmm. mom and dad, grandma, grandpa, someone has signed off on with the, with the co well, It makes sense. This is kind of like a huge signature loan that there's no collateral, right? I mean, there's no collateral, but that's I mean, why it's their hopes and protection. dreams are their collateral, I suppose, but <laughs> well, their education. It's all yeah. up here. Right. And, and what they've done is they, they and this is why the bankruptcy protections exist, mm-hmm. right? Because there's no physical asset behind it. So mm-hmm. to, to your point, what happens, and this goes to our, our amazing people down on our call floor, these borrowers call in, they're embarrassed. They are nervous. A lot of them are crying on the phone. They don't know what they have, whether they have federal or private. They're mm-hmm. completely confused and flustered. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we, our, our average call time with an inbound call can be 45 minutes or more. We're not in a hurry. We want to explain and answer questions and hear their story and understand what's going on. So we don't rush them through any process. All right. And, and with that, we're able to put them through our, our, our process, which we're going to talk about more in a moment. So now what we've got is, you know, we got this huge market. I mentioned 1.7 trillion. I narrowed it down to 200 billion of private loans mm-hmm. of distressed private loans. It's about a $21 billion market. These, that's how, oh, that's so a little more than ten percent is in default at any given time. Correct. And by default, do you mean like over ninety days late or one hundred and eighty days late, or what's default in this industry? Good question. That usually varies, and it does vary from bank to bank. But call it one hundred and eighty days, and you're no longer in delinquency; you are officially in default. Okay. And, and there are some out there that'll say two seventy three or whatever their odd number is, but call it one eighty. You know, at that okay. point, you're in trouble if you've crossed right. over. The 90 to 180 day mark, the borrower is generally in trouble and they're, they're, they have no way out because mm-hmm, the fees have right. started to accumulate. Uh, the calls have started to happen. Their credit's getting destroyed. And, and it's, in that, it's in that little delta. Mm-hmm. If they haven't made it right and gotten back on track, they're probably not getting out. They're never going to close that gap, right? They're never going to be able to close the gap. Uh-huh. So, At what point do they go after those co-borrowers and try and you know stiff arm them to you know, try and collect on, on their good credit there? Because, you know, grandpa's probably got a line of credit he could solve the problem with, right? Uh, well, not always. Not always. And, and grandpa doesn't necessarily want to. But, uh, you know, the, the calls to the co-borrowers happen right out of the gate. Uh, mm-hmm. and, it, and I'm going to tell you right now, it ruins relationships. Uh, it, it does make the relationship between the borrower and the co-borrower sour. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it, you know, I'll, I'll share this. You'll go to our website and, and you'll see the borrower testimonials. Those are real borrowers. And they're talking mm-hmm. about real stories and how it affected their relationship with their co-borrowers. Yeah. Uh, I actually had the pleasure of doing the interview with those borrowers and, and they are real. And I, it's funny that I had someone challenge me on it once. And I said, you know what, if you ever want to listen to the whole unedited interview, it's about an hour and a half long on each one of them. I will be happy to share it. They've all given right. us. You've got proof, right? Yeah. <laughs> it, I don't have anything to prove, right? It's just, it's the real story. And it was a conversation that we had and it was a really compelling discussion. Mm-hmm. So you know, what we're doing is life changing at the end of the day. So that's the win-win. So, so this is a big old mess. We've got $21 billion and these right. loans have been so- sold or transferred or whatever around town or around the world or around the country or oh, yeah. whatever. And then you come in and you you buy this debt, I guess, or you step in, right? Well, you take ownership or how does that work? Yeah, we at the end of the day, we do, but we do not start with that. Okay. okay. We actually approach it from a little different perspective. We do not market to our borrowers through any outbound phone calls, no robocalls, none of that. We, we actually get our borrowers only one of a few different ways. One way is pay-per-click. Okay, Borrowers on the internet, they're typing in some keywords through Google perhaps, and it drags them to our website. 
and says, hey, you've got this problem. Why refi has this solution? Okay, so pay-per-click. The second way is we actually query data, pardon me, from TransUnion, Experian, and Equifax, and we buy that data. We know how to query it so we know who we're looking for, and we basically drop a postcard in the mail. Postcard is a little thing that says, hey, you've got a problem. We've got a solution. Here's our number. Call us. Okay, so I didn't realize you, you're direct-to-consumers then. That's, that's cool. Yep. yep. We're direct-to-consumer on both sides, the investor side as well as the borrower. Now, the last thing we do to find borrowers, we actually have about 125 relationships with the lenders, servicers, collection agencies, and law firms, where they will literally do a live transfer of the call with the borrower from their call floor to our call floor every day. Oh, wow. So it's, hey, here's John Doe. We can't help him. We know you can. Here they are. Click and turn them over. And then we talk to them. You've got to be ready, spot on to. Uh, yeah. Your, your call center people are on stage immediately, right? Oh, it's yeah. not like I'm prepping myself for the call and I'm going to call John. No, this no. call is coming in. Yeah. That okay. phone rings wow, and we impressive. are on it in, in about three to eight seconds. We're on a phone call. You know, just there's no downtime. Yeah. Um, wow. Now, with that, we then we're there to listen. Like I said, we are there to hear what the borrower's story is. Uh, at the end of that, what we're doing is we, we explain our program and the process that we put them through. And you can relate to what I'm going to share with you. The process we put them through is an electronic application. Okay, mm-hmm. Co-borrower has to go through the same process. 70% of them, like I said, oh, God. The <laughs> well, I guess the co-borrower is happy to hear there's help, I guess, right? You know, it's funny is a co-borrower in like, I would think they'd be like, oh, no, new loans. I'm not. Yeah. Happy. I'm not. Now, what's interesting is nearly 50 percent of our inbound calls come from co-borrowers. Oh, it starts with the co-borrower because grandma and grandpa, they're upset. They want this problem solved and they can't get the grandkid to pick up the phone. So they're they're the ones making the initial phone call. It actually right. starts sometimes with the co-borrowers. So anyway, wow. so we put them through the electronic application process. They upload all of their tax documents. Okay, here's something very interesting. Why refi does not underwrite on FICO score. We underwrite on debt to income, free cash flow. We want tax returns, pay stubs, proof of employment, all of the other components that you would typically see in, for example, a mortgage. Mm-hmm. We want the same type of deals, uh, details rather, to come to us because we're going to look into everything. We want to know where they're working, how long they've been working there. Like I said, free cash flow. We want to know all right. of those details. How are they supporting this debt, right? Well, they're not supporting it. That's the problem. Okay. Right. We want to, then we pull credit so we can actually see what their full debt load looks like, specifically their student loan debt load. And then we're able to calculate what their estimated payment would be with us if we approved a loan. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then we require that co-borrower immediately to set up an escrow account and start making that payment right now, day one. Okay. We require two months payments as a minimum before we'll even take them to loan committee and discuss them. We average about six and a half while we're underwriting that law. Now, the purpose behind it is a couple of things. We want that borrower to prove to us that they have the willingness and more importantly, the ability to pay us back. Okay. At this point, we have not invested any investor dollars to go out and buy that loan. Okay. So now that borrower is making these payments, and, and we tell them on the very first phone call, we are here to help you. We are not here to make your life miserable. We want to be your white knight. And what that means is we need open communication. Okay, We're going to email you. We're going to call you. We're going to text you. And we expect a response. In the absence of a response, we're going to give you your money back. You're out. Call us when you're serious. Right. Okay? Wow. We're here to help you. If you're not serious, we're not serious. We are a very patient lender. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. So with that, borrowers going through that process and, and borrowers can fail for a number of reasons on the, on the pre-underwriting process. Maybe they don't get us documents. Okay. Maybe they're in a situation where they could not, they could not afford that payment. Maybe their escrow payment bounces and they don't rectify it. You're out. Here's your money back. Thank you very much. Well, some people uh, just don't have good habits, right? I mean, some people are just. Right. And we want to ferret those people They fail out. over and over. Yeah. Right. They we want to ferret them out on the front skill. end. Right. right. So we're going through the process. And if we approve them on the back end, we take 100% of that escrow account that they've accumulated and we apply it towards their principal reduction on day one on their very first statement. So they can see right wow. out of the gate that they are winning. So no interest, no penalty payback, no, none, none of that stuff. Wow. None. That's okay, now, nice. Here's what's happening behind the scenes. And I'm kind of going about this a little backwards. You're, mm. What you're going to hear about it later is the investment opportunity. Cause now I'm telling you about how we do what we do. Yeah. That's important for us. It's very important. <laughs> Invest our money, find out how you're doing this. Cause you know, I don't mind. I don't mind. So here's what, here's what's happening behind the scenes. We are out working with the existing lender, servicer, collection agency, law firm, debt buyer, whomever it is that holds that debt. And we are negotiating to buy that debt at a deep discount. Call it 35 to 40 cents on the dollar. Now, why, why 35 to 40? Because it's bankruptcy protected. It's not consumer debt where they can bankrupt out and walk away. So it comes right. at a tiny premium, 35, 40 cents on the dollar. Now, what we then do is we refinance that debt with the borrower at 105. Okay, so borrower comes to us with a $100,000 loan. Our new note is going to be for 105000 Okay. okay they're, not, they're not getting a discount on the loan. And I'll explain why in a moment. But then we give that borrower custom terms that they can actually afford. Our average interest rate in our portfolio is only 3.9% fixed. Wow. They must be excited to hear that because they, I mean, if they can even figure it out, which I'm convinced most people can't figure out what the rate they're paying once they're in default, but let's just say it's 15 to take it down to four, you know, is unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. And then we give them a custom term. Average loan term is only 8.6 years. So these are not long-term predatory loans. Okay. Now, this is, this is the part where a lot of people stop me and they say, wait, wait, wait. And I, I haven't even told you about the investment opportunity yet, but I'm going to say it out loud. In our investment, we offer five different investment options with interest rates to the investor from six and a quarter to 10 and a quarter fixed. So if you had known that, a lot of people would stop me and say, wait, wait, wait. You just said you're collecting 3.9 from the borrower, but you're paying 10 and a quarter for five years. How is that even possible? Right. It's not, it's not in the interest rate. It's in the spread. It's right. in the buy. We're buying it at 35. We're refinancing it at 105. There's mm-hmm. a big spread. That's where we peel out and pay the investors. Mm-hmm. That 3.9 that we're making, we're, we're not in this to make the 3.9. That's the cherry on the icing on the cake. It's, right. it, it's not about charging the borrower. We've got borrowers that have much lower interest rates. It's about getting the borrower a good deal that they can actually afford to pay off their loan with dignity. Okay. Mm-hmm. Keep in mind and I'm, I'm, this is the, I'm going to tell you the socially responsible portion of this real quick. Our average borrower comes to us with a low 500, high 400. I bet score. they're probably wrecked. Average co-borrower, low 600, high 500 FICO score. They and also got wrecked. That's got, why grandpa's pissed. That's why grandma and grandpa are very upset. You are correct. Very upset. Yes. Here's what's interesting. We did not get in this business to repair people's credit. Mm-hmm. That is not what we do. We are in this business to help them get out of their student loan debt. What we discovered as an unintended benefit was within six to nine months of us funding a loan, 
we see an average FICO bump for a borrower of 125 points mm-hmm. and 138 for a co-borrower. And as we said at the beginning of the call, FICO affects everything. Okay. Yeah. These are, these are life changing FICO changes for them. I mean, the scores right. going up like that change everything. Mm-hmm. Now here's, what's really interesting. And if yeah, hopefully people stayed on long enough to hear this, mm-hmm. our default rate of our borrowers at five and a half years is only 1%. That's it. Wow. So these are people that were in default completely. 100%. They got on track, but also they didn't fall behind. I mean, not, not many of them fell behind at all. Well, only 1% of our entire portfolio. So that's like magic math. <laughs> but what's interesting, and, 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 and you got to put it into perspective. See, these borrowers have already been down this rabbit hole. They don't want to be there. They, they don't like it. Okay. They want out. They have proven themselves through the escrow uh, and underwriting process. And, and keep in mind, anybody that ever does lending knows that there's what's called an infant mortality where borrowers will, if they're going to default, it typically happens in the first 12 to 18 months. Mm-hmm. Well, by the time we fund a loan, we're six months in on most of these people. They're already halfway through the, that, that, that risk factor has already gone down significantly. Mm-hmm. Now they see that huge FICO bump. They get that first statement that shows that their principal is actually coming down. Finally coming excited. down. They're excited to get out of debt. They don't want to be back down that place. Mm-hmm. We, we actually built the company and, and, and planned on a 10% default rate. And we stretched that all the way up to a 50% default rate and finally said, okay, we can still pay our investors at a 50% default rate and make a buck. Stop mm-hmm. here. Let's operate at 10. So we, we function as a 10% default rate, but we're literally operating at a one. Mm-hmm. That's where we're at. It's, it's so in, in your so modeling much. of um, returns and what have you, you've modeled in, you've, you've plugged in, like, like we as real estate investors, we plug in that we're going to have to rehab $150 a month on a duplex on each side, but maybe it's 75 or some might be more, you know, so that's that kind of, or vacancy rate. That's kind of like your vacancy rate. You're saying yeah. you might have 10% loss, but you're ending up at one, which is unbelievable. Exactly right. Wow. So, and, and what's even better, okay, now if you understand our model, you see how prepayments are ridiculously good. I mean, very mm-hmm. profitable, okay? Mm-hmm. We have over a 10% prepayment speed. So our borrowers are making extra. They're pay, prepaying 10% of the balance or are they paying in full 10% of the time faster? No, no, 10% of our portfolio. So 10% of our, you know, if we have 100 borrowers, 10 of them are making extra payments on their loan. Okay. But, okay. You know, my monthly payment is 500, but I'm paying six. Okay, that kind I of guess because they're excited to get it done now that they're getting getting some traction on this, right? Yeah, right. And then your so, FICO, like a, young, a lot of young people I know that have bad credit, they sign up for Credit Karma and these kinds of things because they want to check. They want to be excited about that number going up, right? When you've had credit problems you, and you're trying that hard and tweaking it and doing everything people say, right. you're, you're glued to that thing. So I bet because of the massive debt that's paid on time, that credit score is going up fast, obviously, but they're getting enthused too, right? So that's why, and again, that's part of the reason we believe our default rate is so low. We've done all these things on the front end to ferret out the people that are going to fall back into the old habits, get them out on the front end before we even spend any money on them. Mm -hmm. And then we're focused on, frankly, the people that want to win and we give them the, the opportunity to win and lo and behold, they're winning. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. So right, right. kind of a cool little program. And that is cool. We offer. And then um, I, I think um, 
uh, Angie was telling me about like if someone gets behind or has a bump in a 12 month period, you guys have like a, a workout. Yeah. Maybe, so, that, maybe that's a mortgage term, but you know, you have a solution if someone has a bump in the road. Right. So we early on when we, when we created this, we came up with a program and we call it skip 12 and it's very simple. Okay. Borrower has to pick up the phone, call us and have a conversation. Okay. And what we will allow them to do is skip one payment every six months for a total of 12 times through the life of the loan. Now that payment is not forgiven. It is simply moved to the end of the term. Okay. And we don't give no, no interest on that month. Okay. We just, we're trying to give them a little bit of grace because we know these people are just finally starting to get their financial footing. Right. can be a little slippery. So let's mm-hmm. help them out. So let's talk about how it's been pre COVID. We had, I think it was two people use that thing one time. It was a nice little safety net. Mm. Nobody really used it. It was just there. COVID comes along and we're going to talk about the forbearance and all of that, but COVID comes along and we put up, we created our own little COVID forbearance program. And we basically, it was, we're going to operate this just like the skip 12, but it will not affect your skip 12. Okay. And you got to call us, have a conversation every single month. At the peak of COVID, we're at 22.97 or something, call it 23% usage of our COVID forbearance program, where a borrower was skipping at least one payment. Okay, now we allowed them to skip two or three or four in a row. As of, it's been a year now, as of one year ago, 100% of those borrowers are back in repayment and current. Wow, that's amazing. It's pretty cool. That's a quick turnaround. Yeah. And I'd be afraid that people... Um, you know, once you've had some time off, we'll call it, you might think, oh, like you see on the news and, you know, whatever. People like the time off of not paying and getting free money. So I would be like, afraid they'd slip into that. But it sounds like your um, your underwriting and the conversations, I guess, these these yeah. call center people must really help the borrowers understand. Would you say that's true that it's their skill set of making them understand this is temporary and we're going to oh, have yeah. to get back on, like it's got to be kind of that kind of conversation, right? Or else oh, I'd yeah. be like, woohoo, I, I get free, no payments. <laughs> oh know? no, I would, I would give 100% of that credit to the team that it takes the inbound calls. You know, they're remarkable. They, they talk to, they have, they have relationships with these people. Mm. Like they call up and they know, Katie is the one who talked to them initially and Mike is who's servicing their loan and they, they have relationships with them. So they're mm. not afraid to call. There's no fear. <laughs> Take the Which fear out right, of it. Because when you're in trouble, you don't want to face the trouble and you also don't want to face the person right. who can be mean to you. <laughs> so, exactly. you know? We encourage them to pick up the phone, have a conversation with us. It's okay. We're not here to beat you up. We're here to help. So it's like the anti-collection, you know, you know how collection companies and collection, I mean, yep. They're trained in some kind of nasty kind of, I don't know, you have to be wired that way. So it almost sounds like you're the opposite, inviting that conversation, inviting, you know, we are soothing we are. them or whatever. Yeah. Well, so one of the things that, that we've been questioned on is, you know, we say people say, do you guys service your own portfolio? Because usually that is something that is done by an outside servicer. Mm-hmm. And the answer is absolutely. We service our own portfolio. We do not want to outsource that to an independent third party servicing agency. Well, why not? You get one rogue agent on the phone that says the wrong thing. You've lost the borrower. You'll yep. never get them back, right? Yep. Why would we do that, right? These this this is this is our entire portfolio. So no, we, right. we baby that portfolio. We take care of these borrowers. So we don't. I don't see us ever taking that outsourcing it anywhere. We'll bring in the staff. We'll train them, and we'll do it all in house. It's just so much easier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't want to. Yeah, you don't want to. Less room for wrecking things, right? 
Yep. Yeah, the, I don't know about the student loan industry, but there there are some bad servicers out there oh, yeah. in the mortgage industry. Not only incompetent, but then just mean and inept and all, you know, all of that. So, yeah, you're it's Russian roulette with your results. It's, you know, I don't know. Well, you know, I won't spend a lot of time on this. I will just say mm-hmm. we've built all of our own software here. Everything is we own it. We've built it from scratch. And one of the parts that we are building right now is our own servicing engine. And it's going to be, frankly, uh, the flagship of the Very industry. Cool. We're going to we're going to change the entire standard in the uh, student lending industry. Uh, oh, that's and exciting. Set, and set a new bar. It's it's remarkable what we're building. So, yeah, neat. I, I won't even spend a lot of time on that. I'll just tell you, it's pretty neat. <laughs> yeah. So, that's yeah. yeah, that's um, important, too, to be able to log on and see and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And know exactly what you have, how much, it, you know, what's the interest rate, everything, all of it, just clear, black and white. No, don't hide anything, uh-huh. Tell them everything. So um, now I, I did, you, you, you'd ask me Wait, to talk I'm just going to say, if anyone has any questions, I forgot to mention this when we started, but go ahead and uh, type your questions into the chat box or the Q&A box and we'll monitor that because I think we're kind of coming to the end of your, um, your setup, your, what is a student loan lesson right and what your business is and now maybe the are we switching to the investor side of things i'm going to do that in one second i'm going to answer a couple of quick questions that i know are going to come up um you know what how did COVID affect us and what is it doing to the forbearance and loans and so forth so Mm. federal student loans are still in forbearance they are technically supposed to go back into repayment at the end of this month they're very much on the fence i've seen articles saying that they're going to extend it i've seen other articles saying that they're not Mm-hmm. I have not seen anything definitive as to what's going to happen with the ongoing forbearance. What we what we want to share with you is private student lenders. Let me just give you some quick history. When COVID started, okay, the federal government put all of the federal portfolio into forbearance. Everybody went in. It was not open for debate. They this is what they don't tell you on the news, and what you're going to what you're going to learn right now is very important to the um, to the entire product that we have. Okay. So they went to the private lenders and the private lenders, you know, they were asked to put all of their loans in forbearance and the private lenders said, Oh, whoa, 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 we can't do that. We're, this is private money. We got to make our payments to our investors, but we'll negotiate. Here's what we'll do. Okay. Cause all of these lenders have relationships with the department of education. So they do have to play ball to some degree. Right. So they said, listen, here's what we're going to do. Anybody that's in default, we're going to call them current on their credit report. And we're going to fire all of our collection agents. We're not going to call them anymore. Okay. Until this is, a, until this is over. Okay. If they're this far down, we'll go ahead and call them on those folks because they're, they're close to garnishment. So our business didn't dry up. It actually was there. It just went kind of flatlined for 18 months. Okay. Okay. We would bring in 200, $500,000 worth of that volume and we'd fund two, three, four, 500. It was very flatlined for that line, that during that time frame. Now, during that time, the, the uh, uh, lenders agreed, if anybody calls in and sniffles into the phone and utters the word COVID, we'll put those guys into forbearance, but they have to call. Okay. Fast forward, August of last year. So a year ago, yeah, we're sitting right on a year now. Mm. So when Biden get up, got up on stage and he said, we're going to extend the student loan forbearance through the remainder of the year. Uh, but this affects your federal student loans only, not your private student loans. He said those words. Now, what, what happened behind the scene was, they went back to those private institutions. They said, we need you to extend. And they said, we're sorry, we're out. We have to start collecting on these people. We have investors to pay. We got bills to pay. By the way, we've already started hiring collection agents and we're making those calls. Well, in August of that year, we saw a 66% increase in call volume. It was like a hockey stick. It was like, boop, 
all yeah. of a sudden. Every single yeah. month since then, it has continued. Huh. Okay, so it has gotten, it, it continues to grow and grow and grow. And now these people are, you know, reportedly they're a year late in delinquencies. You know, when we first found out about it, they were sitting at 30, 60, 90. Now these people are sitting at over a year in delinquency. Mm. They're right in, right in the pocket for who we can help. Okay. So. So how forward, far behind can someone be and, and get help from you? We, <laughs> good question. We have helped people that are as little as 30 days delinquent uh-huh. all the way up into we, we, the last, the closest we've ever helped was we had someone going to garnishment. Their court date was set and they were a week away. They were literally a week. From so is that a year or how long does it take to get to garnishment? That, that one, I'd have to go back and look. It was oh, okay. probably, it was probably a couple of years that they had been. Yeah. Behind. It takes a while, right? You're behind and then they got to hire attorneys. They got to, you know, whatever. Right. So, yeah. But the point is, is they were so far behind that they were literally their court date had been scheduled and they were within a week of going into the courtroom and getting their wages garnished. And we were able to pull them back out of the fire. So yeah. kind of a cool wow. story when you see those. Cause that just makes life even more miserable, right? Yeah. Just, wow. Well, now they're garnished and it, you know, we can't help them once they're in garnishment. They're already, they're too far. Okay. okay. So we okay. want to make sure we catch them before they go that far. Okay. Um, now I share all of that with you because COVID uh, has not affected us out, outside of the fact that, market went stagnant for a while and now it's gone it's completely un, unfrozen the market is is back and it's like a tsunami and and our call volume is is gone up completely we've had record months in may june july in um, new loan applications so borrowers doing full application so there is no shortage of people looking for help right? yeah. <laughs> especially now so i share that with you because it really does set the tone for hey we've got a, a heck of a market in front of us um, you know, we've, our pipeline has got about 8.4 million of loans on deck, ready to fund. Okay. Our average borrower indebtedness is only $40,000. These are not massive loans. Oh my God. So okay. that's a lot of loans. <laughs> yeah. So 8.4 million is a lot of borrowers, right? That's a lot. Yeah. Of um, what's wow. interesting is, is on the top end of that funnel, there's another almost 19 million of people that have called in and have started the process. The 8.4 is people that are ready to go to loan committee. The 19... Oh. So those guys are like, did their two month payment thing. And they're, they're they're like further along in the. They're yeah. They're, they're at the bottom of our funnel. They're ready to be, they're ready to go to loan committee and be approved or denied the 19, almost 20 million. It's like 19.5 or 6 million right now. Um, That is people that have called in, they've started the process. They, they haven't made their escrow payment yet, but they've done application. They're maybe talking to mom and dad or grandma and grandpa. They're Mm. working their way down through that funnel. Okay, so again, there's no shortage of business out there. So now we get to the part of, okay, well, now, now you guys have a lay of the land, right? Now what's in it for the investors? Yeah. So don't mind. I'm going to share my screen. Yeah, that'd be great. And can you see my screen? It's got a 1025 on it. Not yet. Oh, I got to hit the button. My apology. Now there. can you see it? There we got it. All right. So... This is what we call a tear sheet. And this tear sheet is going to give you the high level of the investment. I'm going to just walk you through what it looks like. So um, this is a regular, and there's Angie. There's uh, our friend, Angie. Our friend, Angie. <laughs> um, so this is what is called a regulation D 506 C. So it is filed with the securities exchange commission. Okay. It is for accredited investors only. And if anybody has any questions on what the accredited investor is, I can answer. And I can also point you in the direction where you can, get the full definition. 
Minimum investment is $50,000. We, we recently lowered it from 100 down to 50. And what we've done is, as I shared earlier, I, you know, I spent a whole career as a financial advisor. So what we tried to do here was to build, frankly, a product that offered maximum flexibility to the investor with exceptional returns, fixed returns, um, and, and really create the opportunity for the investor to drive what they're doing. And what I mean by that is we, we the front end is structured just like a bond. Okay, these are promissory notes. They're not bonds, but I'm, I'm comparing them to bonds because of the structure. What the investor does is they pick the duration of their investment from one to five years. Okay, and then they get the fixed interest rate illustrated okay, from one to five years, six and a quarter up to 10 and a quarter. And, and what we do is we make monthly payments of interest income. Okay, and at the end of the term, the borrower gets their investment back, just like a bond. Right. Then we said, let's get very creative. Let's give the investor the ability to mix and match. Okay, you can put your money into any or all of. So you can create a laddered income. And we said, let's get a let's get even more flexible. Let's give the investor the ability to turn the income in each individual tranche on or off, up or down, as often as monthly. Okay, so the investor could, and I'm gonna I, I always make up the same example so I could stick with this. Let's pretend you put in a half a million dollars. You put $100,000 into each tranche. Okay, so that's that's pretty simple, right? Investor says, I want to take income from the one year, the three year, and the five year, and I want to compound or reinvest the two and the four. Okay, now, if we're reinvesting, you're reinvesting in the portfolio or in the tranche that you're in. Okay, so we can do that. That's month one. Month two comes along, the investor says, you know what? I need a little more income. I'll take the one, the three, and the five. And I need 32% of the money from the four-year and I'll reinvest the balance. We can do that. And your people don't say, you know what, make up your mind to buy. <laughs> no, no. In fact, crazy. what's really cool, Athena, is we have actually built all the software. The engines that drive this are all uh -huh. in our investor portal. So the investor can literally go online and run simulators and, and make these elections every month online. And, and they can see the cash flows and everything. It's really cool. Oh, that is cool. Next month comes along and they say, you know what? I don't want any income. Turn it off. We can do that. So then it's it just reinvests. Fast. So that $800 or whatever, it's just reinvesting into the, that's correct. To the fund that you're in. Yep. So yeah, yeah, okay. that, it's that simple. Okay. Now, we, then we said, let's give the investor some liquidity. What does liquidity look like for us? Well, an investor can take a partial or full surrender of their initial investment. And we've built that just like a CD. Okay, so the penalty is interest only, no attack on principal. Now, this is where a lot of people stop me and they say, wait, 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 explain it. Here it is. In a one year, let's pretend you're in for three months and you surrender, you lose three months of interest. No big deal. Mm -hmm. Right. That's called opportunity cost. And the answer is yes. If you're in the five year and you're four and a half years in and you decide to surrender, you lose four and a half years of interest. Oops. Don't do that. Bad call. Right. Let's. Figure out how to get you. So you would deduct in that case because you've already given them the person their interest income. You'd probably be deducting the value of that interest income that they got off the principal balance. Correct. Their, their money they have in there. Exactly. Before you send it back, right? Yeah. Yeah. You if if someone it, okay. had a hundred thousand in and we've paid them five thousand and they cash out, we're going to send them a check for ninety five. Got it. Okay. okay. So you know, if you're in that five year and you're four and a half years in, let's come up with a way to get you across that finish line. I don't want to see. Right. 
Maybe we can turn on income. Maybe you have some other investments that you can pull the money from to get you across that line. You're almost there. Don't uh-huh. do that. Okay. Right. Now to offset that, we offer something called a roll-up. What's a roll-up? Let's pretend that you've got money in any one of the first four, one, two, three, or four. doesn't matter which one they are. At the end of your term, if you choose to stay in, you can roll your investment up to anything above that. So I'll give you an example. Let's pretend you had money, $100,000 in the three-year note, and you've earned your 7.5%. At the end of three years, you say, you know what? I really like this. I'm helping people. I like the fixed income. I like the returns. Boy, I'd sure like to be in that five-year note get 10 and a quarter, but man, I don't want to be in for a full five years. Well, here's what we'll do. At the end of three years, we lock in all of your interest. It is now ensconced. You cannot lose it. We then roll all of the money from the three up to the five, and we'll give you two years at 10 and a quarter. So you are in for a total of five years. You had three years at seven and a half. Oh, so you don't have to start a fresh five years. Correct. You're actually extending the Now, you're welcome to start a fresh five years, of course, but you're not required to. This is an example of someone who says, I'd like to roll up. So they get two years at 10 and a quarter. And in the event they needed to surrender early, it's a two-year surrender charge, not a five-year surrender charge. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it, it, it encourages people, if they choose to stay in, it encourages them to do it and takes the fear out of a huge surrender charge. Okay. We actually had an investor that started in the one year and their investment came due here recently. And they said, you know what? I like it. I'm going to go ahead and split my investment. I'm going to put half of it in the three year and half of it in the five. That was their roll up. Okay. So you can do that. It's that flexible. Okay. I would think a lot of people start with one year. I mean, that's kind of what I was thinking personally is, you know, that way you kind of feel it out and you kind of know how it works and you get a comfort level and then, yeah, if things are going well, I can see, well, oh, why didn't I do that to begin with, right? So right. I, can see, I can see lots of people doing that from the, from the low end to the higher ends, right? Absolutely. We've got clients mm-hmm. that have done that. I will tell you, in all fair, full disclosure, since you, since you put it out there, mm-hmm. our most popular is the five-year, followed by the three, followed by the one, the two, and the four in that order. Mm-hmm. Now, that, I don't have a dog in that fight. I really yeah. don't. Because yeah. <laughs> it's really what's best for you as an investor. Sure. So that's just... I, you know, as the guy that takes all the money in, I'm looking at it. I just happen to know where people want to go. Mm-hmm. Again, I don't have a dog in that fight. If someone wants to start on the one, start on the one. Get, dip mm-hmm. your toe in the water. We encourage that. Yeah. You know, if at the end of one year, you hate it, you don't like it, you think we're doing something that you don't like, cash mm-hmm. out, move on. It's okay. Mm-hmm. You want to stay in? Please do. We invite you to do so. And okay. just checking if there's questions. Okay, no questions. <clears throat> now, um, the other side is you can actually start an account in, in virtually any title. So individual, joint, uh, trust, LLCs, corporations. Uh, I imagine you can do it in your uh, self-directed IRA, right? There's That was the next one, IRAs. Yes, you can do it in a self-directed IRA. Now, it is important to know in a self-directed IRA, there are certain custodians that will allow alternative investments. We've got about 15 different custodians that we're approved with. If you have a custodian that you love and they're not on our list, tell me who they are. We'll do what we can to get on their platform right away. I will tell you that TD Ameritrade, Schwab, which is now one and the same, um, Fidelity, and what's the other one I'm missing, Ange? It was TD, Schwab, Fidelity, and... Uh, well, those guys don't do it, right? They do not. Yeah. They, they will not allow... No, so I know a lot of us are with Quest IRA. Do you guys have Quest? In uh, Texas? Uh, let well, me we can check with you. You don't have to. 
Yeah, we'll have to look on the list. I don't Quest doesn't sound familiar, but that doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Right. Um uh oh. Is everybody frozen or am I frozen? Nope. I don't see anyone frozen. We're good. Must be okay, on your good. End. Must be on your <laughs> everybody end. Everybody froze on my end. <laughs> yeah, it um, looks fine. We'll we'll look on the list. But uh okay. if, you know, the answer is if if you have a lot of investors that are with we Quest. We do have a lot of investors with IRA, you know. Ira money to invest, right? So sure. Then we'll we'll re- we'll be happy to reach out to Quest and, and get on their platform. Mm-hmm. Uh, gosh, what else can I tell you? So I had a question about um, like some people become teachers, and some teachers, if they teach in uh, underserved neighborhoods, they get credits towards their student loan uh, debt. How does that work with you guys? They would, I guess, they would pay it like any other principal balance. Uh, yeah. So what you're in reference to is what's called PSLF. That stands for Public Student Loan Forgiveness, and that's when someone takes a job in a field where, for example, teaching, working for a nonprofit or uh, public service, and the government. Those are all federal loans; they're not private. The government, after a certain number of years, will start to. Um, give you forgiveness on your loan, but you have to meet all these requirements and jump through all these rings of fire. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to go into those on the private student loans. That does not exist. It's private capital. Private capital. Yeah. Now we offer things like forbearance if you're in the military and you're deployed and so forth, but that's, you know, if you're in the military and deployed, Mm -hmm. Um, but outside of that, you know, it's private capital. So we do have to collect and we, you know, again, we work with our borrowers. We're not here to, to beat them up and make their lives miserable. Mm-hmm. And part of that is why we see the success we see. So. Right. Yeah. This is fantastic. This is definitely a huge relief to a lot of people. I would think, I mean, it's, yeah. it sounds like a great investment, but I really see more of this, the social cause here because having bad debt, not knowing how to get out of it or how to get back on track and having ruined your credit. It's, it's just, it's just such a nightmare for people. So. Right. So real quick, a couple of the big questions that we get asked, um, you know, first one is, is why don't we forgive some of the loan? And the answer is if we did, and I'll use that example that I was talking about earlier, let's say a borrower comes in with a hundred thousand dollars in loan. And, you know, you hear of debt settlement companies, for example, where they say, Oh, we're going to, you know, you, we're going to loan you $60,000 and we're going to knock $40,000 off. Well, let's use that same numbers. Borrower comes in with a hundred thousand dollars in loan. If we took that, that face amount down to say 60,000, we have to send that borrower a 1099 cancellation of debt. So they get hit with cancellation of debt income tax in the year in which they get that, that, that relief. Okay. Now here's the problem. You got a borrower who's these, these borrowers actually make pretty good money. That borrower's making $100,000 a year, and all of a sudden he gets a $40,000, 1099. You got to pay the tax. And the IRS doesn't wait. And the last thing we want to do is put the IRS in front of us. Right? Yeah, right. So what we do is we're actually sharing that discount with the borrower through that low fixed interest rate. Mm-hmm. And that's really important to know because remember, I told you the credit scores of these people. There isn't a lender on the planet that's going to give the kind of interest rates that we give to borrowers with the FICO scores that we have. The reason we're doing it. Yeah, is I mean, at 20% interest, right? I mean, that's going to take you forever to pay it back, not right. eight and a half years, I'm sure. Right. And we're, we're paying, you know, we give these borrowers a 3.9% fixed on average interest rate. So we're sharing that discount through that low fixed interest rate that there is no way they could have qualified for in any other lender. Mm-hmm. So, so my point is we're sharing the discount is just doing it a different way. Through the interest rate, right. And they don't get dis- destroyed in taxes. Now, on the federal student loan forgiveness, let's drill on that for just a moment, if I can. Yeah. 
So, you know, all this talk about student loan forgiveness and what the politicians, this goes to both sides. I don't, I'm not going down a political path here, but it's, mm-hmm. they all do it. Uh, they, they talk about student loan forgiveness and they don't ever clarify what they're really talking about is federal student loan forgiveness. They're not talking about. Yeah, they got everybody in a tizzy about free money, <laughs> you know. Right. Yeah. And, and, and what's interesting is private student loans. That is not their money to forgive. They cannot forgive it. If they were to if they were to write off that loan, they have to physically write us a check for the amount of the, loan, of the portfolio. They can't they have just, to actually pay you, know. you. Yeah. I mean, that'd be like me saying, hey, Athena. Your mortgage is hereby paid off. Great. <laughs> yeah, no, one cares, no one cares till I write that check, right? Right, right. <laughs> so the government doesn't have the authority to forgive private student loans. It's investors' money. It's not their money. Okay, now that's the short answer. The other side of that conversation is, and I've got an article in my computer uh, written about a year ago now uh, from the Office of Responsible Budgeting, which is a government agency. Okay, they were hired to do the study. They were I can't believe there is such a thing. Did you just make that up? I did not, but you're right. It's very oxymoron, right? Yeah. Especially (laughs) given responsible budgeting. Some of our electeds should go to that office and learn some stuff. (laughs) What's fascinating is is they wrote this four-page white paper where they did the study on do we should we do student loan forgiveness? And the answer was no, 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 and no. Okay, and here's the reasons why. If you forgive it, it's a burden on the taxpayers. First. If you forgive it, college inflation costs are going to go up higher than they already are. Mm-hmm. Right? Then they came back and they, they interviewed, I think it was 200 different individual students. And they said, hey, if there was any kind of student loan forgiveness, okay, call it 10000 call it 50000 it doesn't matter. You're going to see a free up cash flow between two and 500 a month was what they were projecting. Mm-hmm. Mr. Student Borrower, what are you going to do with that two to $500 a month? 100% of the borrowers said, we will not use it to stimulate the economy. We're not going to go buy new TVs. We're going to use it to pay down our other cons- our existing consumer debt other and debt. our private student loans. <laughs> okay. So the government put out this white paper written by them telling the government not to pay off the student loans. Yet here we mm-hmm. are with politicians making promises that God knows what they're going to do. And I, I don't want to go into that because I can right. talk on that for an hour. But it doesn't affect you, right? It, so, it doesn't so. affect us. What we would actually expect to see, given their report, is we would expect to see our prepayment speed go up. Right. And we already know the prepayment. That's what I would good. think, right? Yeah. So, so, frankly, we're not afraid of, of student loan forgiveness. I thought for sure they were going to buy Bitcoin or something like that. Oh, I'm going to invest, you know, because... A lot of young want to pay people off their debt. really are are curious about investing. So, yeah, but they want to pay off their debt. They want to get this stuff under control. They're not uh-huh. they're not able to start families responsibly and do all of the things. I mean, you guys have all seen the statistics about how kids are waiting longer to get married, longer to have children, longer to buy houses. It's because they're buried in debt. Mm-hmm. So they want to pay off the debt. The other question that we get asked a lot is: is well, what happens? Because I mentioned bankruptcy protection and the mm-hmm. students are bankruptcy protected. So the other question that we get a lot of is, is, well, what happens if Congress changes the bankruptcy protection laws? Yeah. Now, what, what are you guys doing to protect my portfolio, my investment in your portfolio? And here, here's the very straightforward, simple answer. Our average borrower indebtedness, meaning the average loan size, is just under $40,000, $39,900 something, call it $40,000. Mm-hmm. Uh, our average, as I said, interest rate is fixed at 3.9. Our average co-borrower rate is 70%. Our average term is 8.6 years. These are not long-term predatory loans. Okay. Mm-hmm. In the event they change the bankruptcy laws, okay, now the borrower has to go into the bankruptcy court and prove, remember, all these people were very thoroughly underwritten. 
they have to prove to the judge that they can no longer afford that payment, which means something significant has changed, right? right? Because it's not a, I don't want to pay it. It's a, I can no longer afford it. You have to prove you can't afford it. Prove it. And by the way, once you have done that, your mom and dad or grandma and grandpa have to declare bankruptcy as well. Mm -hmm. Because that's the way it works. Mm -hmm. So what we're always doing is we're always trying to push that co-borrow rate a little bit higher. We try and keep that balance a little bit lower, keep those interest rates down, keep the fixed terms. Because now if we ever find ourselves on the other side of that bankruptcy court and we're having that discussion with the judge and say, your honor, we've got this low fixed interest rate and a custom loan. They could afford it when we- Yeah, they can't really cram you down, I guess, because- uh, cramming down means judges have the right to, well, at least in the mortgage business, they can take the rate that you contractually agreed to and they can just say, you know what, that's not really yeah. fair. That's not affordable. So boom, right. instead of 10, you're going down to two or whatever. So Bingo. so they can't really cram it down because you're already pretty low, right? Right, exactly. So and then banks don't, I mean, judges don't get to know what you paid for the debt, right? Because you paid pennies on the dollar, let's say 35 cents on the dollar. So they don't, that's, that. they don't know what you paid, right? No. So and, and, and no one does, frankly, I know other than our investors that we tell the story to, but at mm-hmm. the end of the day, it doesn't matter what we paid. They have a note for X and they don't right. have a note for what we paid. They have a note for Right, what you get what the face, face value, right? Right. right. And the obvious mm-hmm. response to the judge, if that were to come up is, well, your honor, if you're going to force the face down, we're going to send the borrower a cancellation of debt income tax and, and the IRS is going to come take all that money. Mm-hmm. So they're in a really good spot, your honor. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I know that's helpful to know too. Yeah. So anyway, those are the big questions that we typically get. Uh, mm-hmm. If anybody has any other questions, I'm kind of at the end of what I had to share. So mm-hmm. please. Yeah, and questions. we're coming to the end of our, our hour. I don't see any questions. Um don't want to call people out, but I don't know, Janet, you're still listening or Tom or, <laughs> um, um, but I think that that was very thorough. And, and I, I, I just really so appreciate what, what you've um, created here, right. Yeah. Uh, on the mortgage side, a lot of our, our listeners know about, you know, we buy um, non-performing mortgage debts, right. People who are behind now I bought debt. The guy hadn't paid in nine years. So, you know, I knew, I knew what road I was going down though. We did try to get him back on track, but that didn't work out, but you know um, so this is actually not that bad. And I guess, you know, coming from a real estate point of view, it's like, you don't have the asset, you don't have the, um, the collateral, like a property, you know, a brick and mortar property, but then you do have um, the co-signer and you do have, some reperforming, like I think six months is kind of the minimum to call something reperforming because two months is not, you know, people sell debt. They made one payment. Woohoo! You know, yeah. that's not a reperforming debt. So, so I like I like that about your your system. There's a lot a lot of uh, built in, um, I guess, uh, safe, safety nets right in your in your um, in your business model there. So, Absolutely. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, so if I can share, if anybody's interested in learning more, uh, yeah, how do we website. get a hold of you? Yep. Go to, just go to invest It's invest the letter Y R E F Y.com. Uh, you can go in there and you know, that's the front end of the investors uh, website. You can create an account. And I just ask when, when it says, how did you hear about us? Just put down this broadcast so that we know mm-hmm. that, uh, that you were My listening in here and we know where you came from. Yep. If you don't, I'm going to ask anyway, so please just put it there. Um, Or you can reach out to Angie uh, directly at uh, her email is A-M-E-R-G-E-T, Amerget, at yrefi.com. 
Uh, Angie, you want to share your number? I don't have it in front of guess. Um, yeah, there. actually, well, if I can, I can type it. And can I type into the chat? Would that be the best? Yep, go ahead. And then. Um, it's right here. <laughs> oh, there you go. There's, there's her contact information right there on this. How demand. convenient is that? <laughs> so there you, you can call Angie directly. You and you know, she'll she'll be happy to answer. A, a Most people question. probably will think of other questions oh, or yeah. want to tell their story about what they'd like to do or whatever. So absolutely. Um, it's a good idea to reach out personally. Yep. I think that's so. great. And uh Okay, that's Angie typing her. Okay. So yeah, so yeah, reach out, give us a holler. We love to tell our story. We love to answer questions. If you're here locally in Phoenix, we invite you to come on in, meet the team, see the office. You know, where we we don't do pressure. We're here to tell our story and and talk about what we do. And if you love it, great. If you don't, well, we made a new friend, and that's. I think this is a great opportunity. I think it's unusual. I think you feel good about um, solving a problem. That's I I think it's a serious problem. So. You know, um, and, I, and I encourage you when you go to investyrefi.com, scroll to the bottom. Those are the you know, you'll see the investor, the borrower testimonials down there. And I'll just tell you, those those people are very real. And when you mm-hmm. when you hear, for example, I use Amanda's story all the time because that she was one of our very first borrowers. And uh, she's so like five and a half years ago, I think you were saying, right, you started this. Yeah, we started five and a half years ago, January 17. She was one of our very first borrowers and her story. um it, it, it changed the trajectory of the company and she did not know that. And when we shared that with her, she opened up and shared some things and you'll hear it in the video. And I'll just say that uh, Amanda was in a, a very dark place. She says those words. Um, what we didn't put into the video, we didn't elaborate on that, but I'll just tell you that you, you'll get the picture. Mm-hmm. And, and she did give us permission to share the whole thing. So if somebody really wants to know, this is, this mm-hmm. is where these people are. They are in a yeah. very, very bad, dark spot. And, you know, they're looking for a way out and we, we figured mm-hmm. out how to do it. So, well, know. and debt really does that. So, yeah. I mean, it's kind of enslavement. So, you know, if you take on more debt than you know what to do with it, you do feel that kind of deep, dark thing. So that's why I'm saying this uh, tool that you've created for people is just unbelievable. And And if people can invest in it, to give it momentum. I think that's, you feel good about doing that. And it yeah. sounds, yeah, it's, I think it's, that's so amazing what you've created. So thank you for doing that and for sticking to it. Obviously I've been a CEO. It's not always easy, you know, the, the ups and downs and decisions you have to make. And especially when it comes to money and borrowing, it's just very emotional. Money is an emotional thing. So. Right. No yeah. question about it. Yeah, no question yeah. about it. So yeah. well, we thank you very much for arranging. Yeah, this. thanks for your generous, for you. generous information and time. And um, I encourage everyone to uh, reach out to you guys and and find out more. So thank you again, and uh, Angie, thanks for for chatting with me at that uh, oh, fest. I we I pleasure. never would have. I mean, <laughs> I kid you not, right? This is how life is funny. I've got this little. I don't even know, tic-tac-toe card. What was scavenger hunt? Oh yeah. The bingo. Thing. And, and the bingo card. Thank you. Yep. So, and I'm like, Oh, like three years in a row. I didn't even try. I never make it to the, to the room. I'm this year I'm going to try. And I'm like going around and I'm like, what's this? And I'd seen the bags. These bags are fabulous. You guys, you should become a client just to get this bag. <laughs> <laughs> but I see these bags going all around the convention center 
And I'm like, what is that? Why refi? Like, cause I'm in the mortgage bit. I'm like refi. I wonder if that's something to do with refi, you know, so, or just a crazy name. So if I had not been scavenger hunting all these places down and, and not only you, but that, you know, it was just like, wow, how did I miss this? So very exciting. And I'm so, so glad I bumped into trying to get my stickers and stamps on the scavenger oh, hunt. So thank you. Yeah. Likewise. Yeah, you yeah, enjoy that. Bag. You. <laughs> okay. Well, have a great uh, evening, you guys. And thanks again for spending time with us at Investors Corner. Bye now. Awesome. Thank Take you. Care. Bye. Bye. This has been another episode of My Cashflow Academy's Investors Corner with your host, Athena Paquette-Cornier. We wish you all the success you deserve as you use what you've learned here out in the real world. Check out the blog post for this episode, along with many more helpful resources at mycashflowacademy.com.